Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Pit Football Podcast presented by Bet Online. I am one of your hosts, Doran Dickerson, alongside former All Big East quarterback Bill Stahl, Jerry DePaula of the Tribune Review, and former Pit All American. Scott McKillop, big, big matchup for the Pitt Panthers this coming Saturday at Heinz Field, 3.30 p.m. Pitt takes on Clemson. That's actually the number 23 Pitt will take on Clemson. Pitt is finally ranked, guys. I mean, this is a, a huge matchup to just get right into it. Um, a lot of uh, a games been played in the last five years between Clemson and 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 Pitt and obviously we all remember the 2016 game whenever Pitt went down to Clemson beat uh beat them the number two team in the country at the time I believe and they had Deshaun Watson uh they had Mike Williams they had a lot of unbelievable players uh in that game that are now NFL players but Pitt went down there took care of business uh Chris Blewett hit the game-winning field goal it was an unbelievable scene. I had the opportunity to be an honorary captain for that game, gave a nice speech before the game. So uh, I tell people this all the time. That was one of the best games I have ever been a part of uh, as a former player, as a player, NFL, high school, anything. I mean, just the atmosphere down there, um, what was on the line and for Clemson, really, uh, other than Pitt. But just Pitt going down there and taking care of business was just an unbelievable feeling, unbelievable for Pitt at the time. And now it's 2021. Um, Pitt is starting to get some noise around their team, starting to get some notoriety nationally. Obviously, Kenny Pickett is uh, – there's some chatter around him possibly becoming uh, in the Heisman race. He's played very, very stellar this year so far, as he should. Um, you know, fifth-year guy coming back, veteran quarterback. He's been playing very, very well. And, uh, you know, this is – this is, this is the game where going to boost you to that next step. I'm not saying that if you beat Clemson this weekend, that it'll, it's, it's end-all, be-all. That it's, uh, you know, all right, Pitt is for sure a legit football team. I think that they're legit, but they're going to be – they have to get it one game at a time. They still have to close out every single game. This game will just be another notch on the belt, another step to getting to where they want to go. Uh, Clemson is down this year. They're not even ranked. They lost, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. DJ Uyungle, he's uh, had an up and down season, and um, you know he was supposed to be one of the guys coming back that was going to be in the Heisman hopeful talks, but he hasn't really produced this year. But um, what an unbelievable matchup Saturday, right, guys? I was uh, I was there in 2016, Doran, and uh, I was wondering, did you, did you have any video of that speech? Maybe they can replay it in the Heinz Field locker room on Saturday. No, I actually don't, but, you know, I, I remember standing in there and we were eating the pregame meal and I was like, you know, what am I going to say to these guys? And, and, you know, going in here, playing against the team that I just named with all those star players, knowing that that team was going to go to the national championship and possibly win it as they did. Um, I was like, well, well, how do you pump up a team that, you know, doesn't really have high hopes for the whole entire rest of the season? And I was like, you know what? This game kind of reminds me of a game that I played in back in 2007. We went down to West Virginia and we beat the number two team, the West Virginia Mountaineers, in order for them to, to get out of the race of going to the national championship. 
We played an unbelievable football game that day, and we had nothing to lose. And that's basically what my speech was. I called everybody out. I called James Conner out. I called Nathan Peterman out, Quadri Henderson, um, you know, all kinds of guys. I was like, guys, you guys have been playing good football all year. I was like, play like that today. You know how to run the ball, James Conner. You know how to throw the ball, uh, uh, Nate Peterman. Keep doing what you've been doing. And then I told him the story about the West Virginia uh, game and uh, how we went down there and beat them and, 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 and crushed their hopes of going to a national championship. And everybody just everybody went silent. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you guys know how to play football. You guys can put something together in order to beat this team tonight. And they did. And it was just a, it was an unbelievable feeling. And I, I really can't believe to this day that that was the product that went out in the field. I mean, they played their asses off that game, every single one of them. It was unbelievable. So are, are, are they going to be getting some of that special sauce this Saturday from Dorn Dickerson coming down, giving them a little pregame speech again? Because whatever you said, they need some of that sauce. And I, I want to hear it. And I think they need to replicate what happened. Just bring it to Heinz Field this time. You know what? I, I, I was, <laughs> and, and Jerry can elaborate on this a little bit more because he was there. I was watching the Pat Narduzzi conference. And he said he doesn't need a, a Newt Rockney or a Dave Watson to come in here to, to, to pump the guys up. Um, he said that the team knows where they're at. They know what they need to do. And um, it doesn't take a rah-rah speech for them to get and do the things that they do. So I am probably not going to give the speech, but they will feel my presence somewhere in that stadium Saturday afternoon. And um, maybe they don't need it, Jerry, right? Maybe they don't need it, Scott. Maybe they don't need pumped up. Maybe they know who they are. Sometimes you know who you are at, at points of life and points of, uh, you know, seasons, and maybe they're confident in themselves. They should know who they are because they have a lot of seniors and a lot of super seniors, you know, guys who, you know, uh, probably should be either in the NFL right now or getting on with their life's work, but they're older guys too. John Patrician is 24 years old, maybe 25, uh, and he's, he's having a great season outside linebacker. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Pickett's in his fifth, fifth season, and – and he, he is turning into a, a great team leader. Uh, the seniors are over this team, and I don't think that the, the stage should be too big for this team. Uh, I think it's going to be a difficult game to win just because of the talent on the other side of the ball. And and I think that, you know, Clemson's offense has been really bad over the first six weeks of the season. But eventually, with the talent like that and a big guy like uh, DJ, uh, you know, throwing the football, uh, unless Pitt can put pressure on him. And I, I was talking to uh, – to Habakkuk Baldonado, and, and he's trying to pick up his game as far as rushing the passer. He leads the team with four and a half sacks, but he's missed a bunch of them too. And he said he's picked up his game. He's he's practicing tackling better. Uh, and if they can bring DJ down and keep him contained in the pocket, they have a real good chance to contain the offense. And I, I think from there, Pitt's offense will have to take over and try to beat some of those uh, those, those athletic cornerbacks that uh, – and safeties that, that Clemson has is going to be very difficult. It's going to be a low-scoring game no matter what happens. Scott, no, where's, I, I, yeah, where, where's Pitt's mentality? Uh, you know, right now going into this game, like if you're if you're playing and in, in your your record is you only have one loss and it was a bad loss, but you know that you guys can play good football. What's your mentality heading into a big game like this if you're the Pitt Panthers? You know, I mean, I I think this is another uh, huge game for Pitt. You know, everybody had a lot of questions previous weeks about, you know, not getting enough respect. Well, you know, this is another opportunity on a uh, national platform to go out there and, you know, compete. 
And, you know, I, I think Jerry, Doran, you as well, you know, hit the nail on the head. I mean, this Clemson team isn't what, you know, the standard of Clemson has been. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have as talented players as they had in the past, but they just are not producing. I mean, I, I think I saw a statistic that, you know, the combined five-star uh, athletes in the ACC, there's still more on Clemson's team than there is of all the other ACC teams together. So what that shows you is it's not always the most talented team that wins. I mean, Doran said it, you know, when, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of, you know, Pitt fans and myself like to bring up that 2007 game because I was a part of it that, you know, you know, we won, but I mean, we really had no really, we should not have beat them. I mean, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, whoever shows up on that Saturday, whatever day you play wins, you know, and I'm sure, you know, if you go back and look at the, the Clemson team versus the Pitt team, you know, there's, you know, a lot of successful NFL players for Pitt, but, you know, Clemson has those freaks, you know, pregame, when you look at the Clemson players, if, if you're doing the eye test, Clemson is going to pass the eye test. And that doesn't mean that they're going to win, but it's just, you know, they're going to have, you know, players that look like they should play in the NFL right now. And, you know, I, I think offensively what they had the expectations of DJ, their quarterback was in the same category as Trevor Lawrence. And, and, and I think that was unrealistic to him because, you know, there's only one Trevor Lawrence, you know, then you can't do what he did. So in, in the, the past couple of games, I think they've done a good job of managing what he has to do and relying a little more on the running game, you know, with the, the, the running back who's had, the past two games, well over 200 yards rushing. Jerry, what do you think it is? I mean, you know, I've been trying to wrap my mind around it all week on the Clemson side of things. Um, what do you think it is in their reg regression uh, this year? Is it really Trevor Lawrence being gone and, and he was really that good of a quarterback and really led them to, to wins? Is it, you know, obviously Deshaun Watson was before him. Um, you know, what is what is it with their regression? And Scott just alluded to, you know, how many five and four stars that they have, they kind of replenish, you know, those guys usually every year, kind of like Alabama. That's how they remind me of uh, a little bit is they can, you know, a guy can graduate or a guy can leave early from college and head to the NFL and the guy behind them is just as good or even better usually. But this year it seems a little bit different with Clemson. What, what do you think the deal is? Well, I think their offensive line is, is weaker, maybe even weak you know, much weaker than Pitt's offensive line and much weaker than Pitt's defensive line and weaker than a lot of the defensive lines they faced all year. DJ's getting a lot of – notice I'm not trying to pronounce his name because I don't want to pronounce it incorrectly. I just call him DJ. But he's getting a lot of pressure on him. And, and that's and, – and they have great athletes at wide receiver, obviously. But if he can't get him the ball, all that talent and all that athleticism is no good if the quarterback's laying flat on his back. And that's been a big problem. And I think, you know, something that people haven't mentioned too much is Travis Etienne's not there anymore. I mean, he's injured this year, you know, but he was first round. He was first round draft pick, wasn't it? Maybe second round draft pick by the Jaguars. But, you know, and then when, when Pitt played them in 2018 in the ACC championship game, Etienne ran all over them. You know, I don't know how many yards he had, but the but Crumson ran for 301 yards that day, 301, you know, which is almost unheard of in, in any level of football to run for that many yards. And they're just not doing that this year. They're, they're much younger uh, in the backfield. They're, they're younger in, in, on the offensive line. But their defense is very good. This will be the best defense Pitt will face all season. And that probably includes any, anybody that might play in a bowl game. Uh, so uh, that's why I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And, and that's where the regression has come from. I don't, I don't think Dabo Sweeney forgot how to coach. And I don't think these guys 
you know, are, are, are resting on their laurels. I just think their talent in certain areas isn't what it used to be, and it's catching up to them. Bill, what is what is um, the process of kind of filling shoes of a of a quarterback that was ahead of you? You know, Tyler Palco was you know one of the pit greats at quarterback. Um, we could put him in that category. Uh, did a lot of great things at quarterback at Pitt, and then you came along. How you know? And thinking about Uwe Ungale's journey thus far, he has to replace Trevor Lawrence, who's the first pick of the draft and was his big time recruit and was an awesome uh, college football quarterback. What is the what is the process in going through your mind trying to fill shoes of a guy that had that stature before you? Well, first off, Clemson is friggin' spoiled as hell. I mean, they had. Deshaun Watson for how many years? And then you have a smooth, effortless transition to another, you know, m- multiple championship type of, you know, caliber offense with Trevor Lawrence. And then you get to a quarterback who's dealing with pressure and lack of experience and those types of things. And when your offense is completely out of rhythm, especially in the throwing game, that that's a recipe for a disaster, especially with all that pressure. But I think the main thing that I had to understand was I'm not Tyler. I'm not anybody else besides me. I need to figure out my game and figure out how I can do that to the best of my ability. But uh, being a young player, a uh, young starting quarterback, first-year type of guy, you need to rely on your teammates. You need to rely on your playmakers and play within yourself, play within the system, and literally not trying to do too much. Now, granted, I didn't have the physical running ability that this DJ uh, DJ has, but that's a great you know aspect of the game to use when you're a younger quarterback because then you can go from your first read, second read, ah, screw it, I'm not going to the third or fourth. I, I'm just going to take off and run. Now – you know, that's neither here nor there, but, you know, you, you could utilize that, you know, being a, being a younger quarterback. Uh, we're going to head into DePaul's debrief, but before that, Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web, face, web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines that better than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe 50. That's B L E A V five zero to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC to your favorite Vegas casino games. And I play those Vegas casino games on my phone all the time. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, DePaul's debriefs. Jerry, uh, you know, you were there this week coming off of a, a, a nice win against Virginia Tech, 28-7. to um, How's Pat Narduzzi feeling? He, is he feeling that, uh, you know, the confidence is rising or is it, you know, kind of getting a little bit nerve-wracking? I mean, is he is – he, is he ready to take on this challenge this week? I think he is. We, we talked to him today uh, down at the facility, and he seemed rather chipper, actually. He didn't seem like it was, he, was, uh, he was very anxious about anything. Uh, his team is getting healthy. They're going to get um, Phil Campbell back this week at linebacker, uh, which is probably their deepest position anyway. 
And, uh, you know, all the players, you know, we talked to the players Tuesday and Wednesday in Narduzzi a couple of days, and everybody you know, to a man is saying, this is just another game. I mean, we, it's, we know it's a big game. We know it's an important game. But we're not doing anything different as far as preparation. We're not doing anything different, you know, out of practice. Uh, all the routines are the same. Everybody came back on Wednesday that for, for their game planning. Kenny Pickett always comes back with, with his quarterbacks and his, his wide receivers, and they watch video after class Wednesday night, which probably you guys did in your day too. Nothing, nothing usual about that. But they're just doing the same things the same. But John Patrician, you know, to me, very interesting guy, Central Catholic graduate. Uh, has, he spoke with, with him this week, and he said that this isn't just just a big game as far as the ACC standings are concerned. And I'm going to write about this in a shameless plug in my uh, my story on Saturday's uh, Tribune Review. But this isn't just, isn't just a big game for the ACC Coastal. It's a big game for the Pitt's football program overall. And that's what Patrician said. The, uh, the perception of Pitt around the country will, will, will be in, really be elevated they can beat a team like clemson even a don team like clemson they already beat virginia tech on the road they have clemson coming up and they would have a clear shot to the acc coastal championship in a berth uh, in a championship game in december because after clemson they have three fraud teams miami duke and north carolina so they're in good shape to win the coastal but they did that before you know winning the coastal two years twice out of them four years it was nice and everything got a big banner down there you know showing it off but let's win this game Pitt needs to win this game and get themselves some a reputation, a, a building reputation around the country, which not only will help in recruiting, but help in perception. They win this game, guys. Maybe I'm wrong. They could be in the top 15. I mean, they're 23 right now, depending on what's what's happening with other teams around the country. They win this game. They they could they will be will be in the ACC championship game. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Uh, and, and people start respecting Pitt a little bit more. Second thing I wanted to talk about was Kalijah Kansi. Uh, you guys saw the game. You saw him bulldoze that, that running back. Well, one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. I talked to uh, Charlie Partridge, defensive line coach, about that. <clears throat> and it was interesting because it was a perfect storm of, of uh, Kansi, you know, defensive tackles lined up on the outside, actually, come, looping around behind several bodies, and nobody could see him. And then the running back comes over, you know, he's about 60 pounds lighter, comes over to try to pass block. And he never saw Kansi because Kansi was covered up by a bunch of bodies in front of him. He just ran him right over. One of the most amazing plays uh, I've seen since Aaron Donald played at Pitt. And then Kansi got the sack. He knocked over the running back and, and, and sacked the quarterback. Remember the Duke game several years ago, Aaron Donald did that with a handoff. Um, but we talked to, I talked to Partridge about that, and he said he didn't really see it that well in, in, in real time because he was on the sideline, and it's tough to see from the sideline all the time. But he was grading the film on the airplane ride back home. And all of a sudden, he this play comes up on his on his screen. He goes, ooh, whoa. And then everybody around him starts laughing. You know, and they knew exactly what what the play he saw. Every week, uh, he was saying that they have the kids vote on the best hit of the week. And Randy Bates, the defensive coordinator, said, hey, guys, we don't need to vote this week. We know what it, what it is. And Kansas having a great season, and with a weaker offensive line in front of them, they can put some pressure on DJ and maybe turn this game in Pitt's favor. Scott, are you buying that? Are you buying that if Pitt beats Clemson uh, this Saturday, the perception of Pitt goes through the roof and they'll be a top 15 team? I don't know about top 15, but I, I think the perception will definitely be answered. Uh, you know, I, I still think they have to get over that hump of North Carolina. It seems like, you know, Mac Brown has, you know, Pitt and Narduzzi's number. Mac Brown uh, coached against them one time, Scott. One game. Oh uh, well, okay. I'll say North Carolina. North Carolina does. Yeah, you're, they, right. you're right. North Carolina has Pitt's number, and and 
you know, I, I think how this defense is playing and the strengths and weaknesses of what Clemson does offensively, I think it fits to Pitt's favor so much. You know, and, and, and I know Jerry and I have talked before that any time that Pitt faces a quarterback who is, you know, tenured and, and knows what to do with the ball and knows where to, you know, find the holes in the defense, that that quarterback usually has success. And I don't think DJ's there yet. Doesn't mean he's not going to be there, but, you know, we're talking about present, you know, and, and the, the quarterback for North Carolina sure has had a success against Pitt. And I, I just think that the where the pressure comes for, from, for Pitt, it's, it's going to be a um, uh, hopefully a uh, – We'll be hearing the the lights will be on the cathedral learning when we'll be hearing the the fight song. But you know it's it's gonna be interesting. You know, and and, and to piggyback off what Jerry said before, I mean, and, and I could be wrong, but I think I, I saw something that Clemson does not have any grad transfer or any I don't even know what you want to call it now, where you can transfer within you know without have to sitting out like because of COVID and whatnot. They don't have any other transfer from any other school. So I, I don't I don't know if that's true or not, and I mean I, I think that has to play in the favor of other schools because you know it's you're getting these these already like this talent that is playing very very well and you can plug and play with Clemson. I, I saw that too, Scott, and I agree with it. I mean, if you're a guy if you guy looking to transfer, why would you transfer to Clemson with all that talent? You may not be may, may not play. You know, yeah, you go, you go somewhere else. That's why. Pitt has a lot of transfers because they have some holes in their lineup and they, and they filled it, especially left guard with Marcus Minor. I transferred Maryland having a great year. Yeah. You know, guys, I, I want to ask this question real quick before we get into 40 and five with Bill. Um, and Bill, we'll start with you. And, you know, I don't know if you've really been paying attention to this, but this is something that I have been paying attention to, and it's the ticket sales. Um, and it seems that ticket sales have gone up, and I'm sure Jerry could speak on this a little bit better. But the ticket sales have gone up for the game Saturday, and it's kind of excluding, you know, a demographic of people who can't really afford it. So the question I want to propose is, do you think it's do you think it's better to have tickets at a lesser price and pack the stadium or to raise ticket prices and to get back some of the revenue you may have lost last year? I'm all for packing a stadium. I, I don't think we have that um, luxury of being able to fluctuate our prices like that. Like, I mean, I guarantee, I guarantee Alabama fans, it doesn't matter what the price is, they're, they're going to be there. It's going to be sold out no matter what. Who cares? Like, they're not going to care if you bump it up an extra 100 bucks or whatever. But Pitt fans, like, we're not even packing out it you know, the stadium anyway. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for lowering it and just pack the stadium. I mean, th- there's other ways to get money back. Jerry, you know, I'm sure that you saw this and uh, Chris Peak of Panther Lair has been posting this. He's been posting like graphic of the, the, of Heinz field and showing the different colors of what is sold out, what is, and what is still available. And from what I hear, the ticket prices in certain areas of the field have gone up, which is excluding some people from buying tickets because they're too expensive. Now, do you agree with that and Pitt trying to, to garner back some more of the revenue uh, that they may have lost? Or do you do you sell tickets at a cheaper price just to pack the stadium for such a big game? I had heard earlier in the week that the, they were selling upper deck tickets for 70 bucks, you know, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think maybe 
I might have actually bumped it down a little bit. Uh, I, I know I was talking to my son. He bought tickets for his boys, and they're going, and they're already 50 bucks a piece. And, I, and they're not great seats, I don't think, but uh, but 50 is a little more reasonable. Uh, but I think they should go over even more than that. Get more people in there. You know, there's 68,000 seats in Heinz Field, and I, you're going to have at least, I'm going to say at least 10,000 empty seats on Saturday. Now, the, stu the students will fill up, and that'll, that'll be good. That part of the state will be filled up. But you're going to have, it's going to be in the 50s. And a couple of people asked me if I thought it was going to be a sellout. And I said earlier in the week, and I said, no, I really don't believe it will be a sellout. And, when, and even if they win, Doran and Bill and Scott, even if they win, how much, what kind of tens are you going to get from Miami next week? You say they win and they all of a sudden they're number 16 or 17 in the country uh, and they're six and one, which six and one is, is something they've been before. It's not like it's anything new, um, but not for a long time. Actually, Narduzzi did it in his first season. But tenants in Pittsburgh, you know, the Penguins had that problem this week when the consecutive sellout streak was broken. You know, people, you know, there's still some people out there who are still you know, worried about COVID. And I think that's a big problem. Now, with an outdoor, big outdoor stadium like Heinz Field, shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, but, you know, some people don't, don't have it, don't leave their house anymore, you know, the way things are. And I think that's a problem. And the game's on TV, for goodness sake. You know, you know if, I, I wasn't, if I wasn't covering the game and I didn't work it, I wouldn't buy a ticket, or even if they gave it to me, I'd just sit in my living room and watch it because you can see more on TV than you can see at the stadium, in my opinion. Anyway, and um, of course, I, you know, I get in free, so I'm not I'm not a good one to talk. But I, I really think Pitt would have done itself a favor by you know reducing the tickets a little bit more and getting more people in there. Scott, what about no, you? No, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, it, it, it's kind of the old age, the old age saying of like sales: Do you want 100 percent of nothing or 60 percent of something? So I guess it's you know. How, like, and that's obviously someone who's, you know, doing their job a lot more than I marketing and sales and trying to figure out like what they can get, what they can't get. I mean, you know, has Clemson ever played? At, I mean, Jerry, has Clemson ever played at Pitt before? Because I, I, I heard in Dabo's uh, press conference that he's never coached at Pitt before. Never been to Pittsburgh. It'd okay. be the first time. Which, which makes sense because, you know, I was driving up today from uh, Charleston, West Virginia to Morgantown and, and I saw at least five cars with South Carolina license plate with Clemson stickers on their car. So, I mean, I, I, I would be willing to imagine that you're going to have a, a quite a, a lot of Clemson fans there just because, you know, wanting to go to see Pittsburgh, never really been there, you know, all, all the, the, the marketable things that, you know, make people want to go see, you know, a city they've never been to before drivable. So, I mean, but lower the prices. I mean, let, let's be honest. We're, we're not Alabama. We're, you know, we're, we're not SEC school. Let's let's get fans in the, the, the stands. You know, let, let, let's let's get back to, you know, in all things considered with COVID and, you know, get the ball going. And, you know, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it just garners excitement. You know, the more people that can attend, the better, I, you know, I believe. And I don't you know you're struggling for fans to even be there, as, as Bill said uh, earlier. And, you know, you want to get as many fans there and i even offered i even said like i was like what what, what would the what would it take pit what would it cost pit because they want to do this royal blue out they want everybody to wear blue why doesn't everybody just get a shirt like at the gate like you know give everybody a shirt so you know because there's so many pit fans that still have the colors that we wore and i, I see i see it all the time I'm like people like either don't have the means to buy a new shirt don't want, i don't know what it is but offer them a new pit royal blue shirt at the gate 
and everybody can wear the same shirt. Like, I don't know how much really that would cost Pitt to do that. And people that would entice people to come to the game and obviously lower the ticket prices. All right, we're going to head into 45 with Bill Stahl. And every team, you know, obviously has to have a quarterback playing very well for their offense to be playing very well. But every team outside of the quarterback has to have an X factor. It could be an offensive lineman, tight end. It could be a wide receiver, running back. Every team has to have an X factor in order to make them a reliable, a consistent, a great offense. Bill, you have a feeling that somebody on this offense needs to be that X factor this Saturday. Who is that? Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to bring up a bunch of examples and a lot of things that, that we did and experienced in, in 2009 and bring that here to here to, to this coming weekend in 2021. Uh, but I'm really thinking that Lucas Kroll is, is due for a big, big show out. And I'm going to tell you why. In 2009, we had a few players. Number one, we had Doran Dickerson. And number two, we had Jonathan Baldwin. And then we also had a downhill running game that was that demanded respect with Deion Lewis. So my point is when you face when when you're facing these these big time moment type games like in like um we had a Syracuse game, huge conference, you know, type type of game where Baldwin was kind of stat wise taken out of the game. Well, Doran, that might have been one of your bigger statistical games and big time plays. And we found you. We were able to understand what they were doing. Hey, you want to take away this guy? All right. You can you can press him, you can cloud over top, but then you're leaving this other playmaker that we have matched up on a linebacker at this time, or we shift in motion. Now you're on a safety who's a whole he- whole heck of a lot smaller and not as strong as you. So you're you're able to utilize those things. And I'm going to go ahead and flip to the Notre Dame game, you know, vice versa. You know, in 2009, they did their best to to take Dorn out of the game, and they wanted to play that that quarter type coverage to the field, which left Jonathan Baldwin one on one with Darren Walls, and <laughs> we all know what happened in that game. I mean. So my, my point is I'm looking at this very, very talented, very good defensive uh, front, uh, defensive backing group with Clemson, and they're going to look to try to stop, stop somebody. And you can't – you can stop one person st- statistically, and I think that might be Addison. Uh, obviously, every time he gets the ball, he has big, big playmaking – you know, touchdown ability all over him. So I'm thinking they might try to stop him in some type of aspect. But like I said, uh, Pitt's going to see that. Uh, Kenny is probably going to see that before anybody. And of course, they're going to, he's going to talk the whip and they're going to get that ironed out. And I really think we're going to see maybe not, you know, big time yardage type plays with Lucas Kroll, but I'm looking for third down completions that extend drives. I'm looking at, you know, red zone completions that he can go up and get the ball. And because of how big he is and and strong he is, that first guy coming to make that, you know, breakup just bounces right off him. And he catches it and, and just 
tiptoes in for a touchdown. I'm looking at those types of things where, you know, we're going to find out what their scheme is early on, fully understand what's going on and utilize Kroll. I'm hoping maybe in between the hash marks there. Scott, if Pitt some, somehow, um, not somehow, but because it could be really re- realistic. If they do lose this game, is that a bad loss in your, in your eyes? No, not at all. I mean, you know, as, as they sit right now, you know, in uh, their division, they have a two-game lead, essentially. So I, I know, you know, the ultimate goal was to, you know, win the AC championship and, you know, play in the AC championship. So the, the, the goal is still obtainable. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a momentum crusher. But, you know, I, I don't think it, it, it stops anything because, I mean, yeah, you know, that, that Clemson has a loss to NC State, you know, and, and they're chasing them in Wake Forest and, and, uh, and their division. But, you know, realistically, they could possibly play Clemson again. So, you know, if, if things, you know, shake out and Clemson gets on a run and they get some things that, that go in their favor, you know, would you rather them beat Clemson now and then lose the Clemson AC championship? So, I mean, I, I know, you know, it, it's always hard to beat a team twice. So, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic, but no, it's, it, it's, it's nothing. I mean, shoot, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I mean, I wrote them off if they lost to Western Michigan. So, you know, it's, it's, it, they, they've overcome it before. I mean, it's, they still got half the season left. I mean, they can lose this game and, and went out and still have 10 wins. So, I mean, a lot of, th- a lot, there's a lot of football to play. I know, I know a, a lot of people have been crowned midseason All-Americans and stuff like that, but, you know, nobody remembers midseason. They always remember the end of the season accolades. Scott, you made a good point there where you, you know, we mentioned uh, Clemson is chasing Wake Forest and NC State. Pitt's not chasing anybody. I mean, they're in first place right now. With, like you said, a two-game lead with a tiebreaker over Virginia Tech. They can afford to lose this game and win the next three and still be in good shape. Of course, Virginia in November will be a tough game too. But maybe just because of the situation in the standings, Clemson's going to be really desperate. I think they will be really desperate to win this game. And when you get that desperation going with with the talent they have, that could be something that Pitt's going to have uh, going to have to handle, and it's not going to be easy to handle. You guys yeah, know it's crazy. Go ahead, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I I, I really think that you know Pitt Pitt can't lose this game. I mean, they for 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 the the name brand win that Pitt needs for that national respect, that national recognition. That I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't even have one one of the people vote us in for a ranking, and then now we're getting now we're actually ranked, and then now with this because we had a name brand win from a VTech type of obviously uh, program. But I'm, I'm just I'm just saying like I don't want like Pitt. We we have to win this type. These are the games that we have to win in order to take this next step, even if it is a subpar, you know, Clemson type game, we have to get, it's still Clemson. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And this is, you know, this is going to be the toughest match that we'll see, you know, this, this year uh, defensively. And my goodness, I mean, there's going to be some really, really cool things to talk about if pick can really get this, you know, pull this off. I'm not saying that Pitt's, Pitt's not going to be fired up for the game. They are going to be fired up for the game. But they're going to be fired up on the other side of the ball, too. And, and you know, and like I said, there's a lot of talented wide receivers and cornerbacks over there, and that could make the difference. No, I can't, and I, I can't I, imagine I, what, what that locker room's like. 
Uh, guys, I, 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 I mean, going from a team like, like they had national championships, and I mean, imagine what that, you know, you could probably hear a pin drop after certain moments. In, they may in be that questioning themselves. They may be questioning themselves too. And, and here's the thing, though, like, you know, and I'm not taking anything against Virginia Tech, but like, Pitt really hasn't beat anybody this year worth anything. I mean, Virginia Tech lost to West Virginia. West Virginia's at the bottom, bottom of the Big 12, you know. And, and so if Pitt, let's say Pitt beats Clemson, that you know everyone's going to say, well, Clemson's a down year. Pitt still hasn't beat anybody. So, I mean, you know, there's going to be naysayers regardless. But like you guys said, this is the big game that Pitt had in the beginning of the season. Like, like this is it, you know. And because, and, I mean, Virginia Tech, who is Virginia Tech beat, though? Good point. You guys know what's really crazy is that Pitt could have been in the same exact situation last year. You know, if they if they don't lose to NC State and they don't lose to Boston College by one point, and they were what four and zero, then they head into four or five and zero, and then they head into uh, Miami, which will probably have been a better game. I mean, Pickett didn't play. I mean, they could have easily been in this situation last year, and they just you know they were on the wrong side of things. Um, and maybe this is. This could be the year where they're on the right side of things. They do have to take care of business this game. I mean, this game, I, I think this is almost a must win in my eyes. Some people say like, oh, well, if they don't beat Clemson, it is what it is. They're still finding the ACC Coastal. No, this is a statement game. Like Bill was just saying, like, if you want the credibility and you want, you know, all the glitz and glamour and people talking about you in the country, you beat Clemson. It's a down year for Clemson, but it's still Clemson. We just talked about how many four and five stars that they have. They have more than the whole ACC put together. Like they, they get all the top recruits in the country. These are the top guys that you're playing. They have to win this football game. It's at home. They have a lot of backing behind them. They have to win this game, in my opinion. All right, Mad Dogs with Scott McKillop. Scott, um, if you are the pit defense, how do you get after uh, DJ Uyangale, who is kind of struggling this season as a new starter? Well, you know, what's your game plan to try to take him out of the game or to even eliminate him from getting started and getting in a rhythm? I mean, I, I think, you know, you, you got to rattle him. You, you got to bring pressure. You know, like, like any quarterback, you got to get him off, off his mark. You know, you, you, you can't give an opportunity to get to a second or third read. Um, you know, you, you got to continue to keep him uh, in the box. I mean, he's a big, big boy. So I think the, you know, I, I don't think he's going to scramble to throw. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think he's going to scramble to run. I think he's going to scramble to throw. So I think that's very important. Whenever you you're coming on secondary contain and you're trying to keep him in the box, that he scrambled to to give his receivers more time to get open. I I, I think that uh, Pitt's got to be smart and you know force him into you know bad situations because you know he's not there yet. Yeah, he has the potential, but you know potential has gotten them three and two. So I, I think it's very important that uh, you know they gang tackle. I mean he's six five. He's he's you know bigger than probably. I would say 80% of our, our, you know, front seven defenders, definitely than all of our linebackers. Um, so it, it, it's very important that, you know, you alligator tackle. So when, when I say alligator tackle, it's, you know, have you ever seen like when an alligator gets a hold of something, it grabs it and rolls and doesn't let go. So I, I think it's very important that, you know, when you get a hold of him, you don't let go. And, and you know, you, you have everybody rallying to the, to the ball carrier. And, and, and I think it's, it's going to be huge that, you know, I, I think the receiver's name's Ross. Is that correct? Uh, he, um, you know, Justin, don't, Justin Ross. Yeah, Justin Ross. I, I think it's very important that you know you don't let their 
you know, their marquee players, as you like to call them, get going. Because, you know, l- let's be honest, just like every offensive team we face this year, teams are going to take their shots. Uh, I think it was, you know, a, a drive in the second half last game against Virginia Tech where Pitt had four pass interference calls. So, you know, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion that, that they're going to get just as many this game. So, you know, you, you live by the sword, die by the sword. So it's, you know, it, it is what it is. That's, that's the DNA of the defense. And as much as you, you got, you, me, and everyone else can complain about it, I mean, it, it, it tendency, it, it is a successful defense. So they need to, you know, minimize the big plays, keep, you know, DJ and, 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 and not get him in a rhythm. You guys know that um, there's a there's a saying in construction. It's called backlog, and and your backlog shows you what you're potentially going to make in like you know, the next five years. So like your backlog. So when people like give you a job, I guess in in construction, uh, they look at your backlog, and your backlog shows that what you could potentially make, and you know how credible you are, and your bonding capacity uh, for how credible you are to get the job done. And that makes great construction companies. That's why these big construction companies stay in business and they're successful every single year. And we talked about how this game for Pitt, well, I did, and Bill did alluded to it a little bit, how it's a must win and why that they need to win the game. And I left out one huge factor of why they need to win this game. Yes, I brought up that the perception of them changes around the country. Yes, I brought up that, you know, it is still Clemson. But one of the biggest factors of why Pitt needs to win this game is the recruits. That's the future. That's the backlog. That is where your money is really at. If you beat a Clemson, you can grab some, some recruits are like, oh, well, you know, Pitt is legit. I'm going to go to Pitt. You know, some of these four or five stars might say, hey, they beat Clemson. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go check out Pitt now. That is your backlog. That's why this game is so important as well for Pitt competing in the ACC every single year. I'm talking about the Coastal and on the other side where Clemson's at and competing with the top-tier teams of getting recruits. Now, this is a big recruiting advantage game for whatever team wins. Not as much Clemson, but for really for Pitt. If Pitt goes in there and they beat Clemson at home and they beat them and they dominate them, there's going to be some kids out there that's like, you know what, I'm going to take a visit to Pitt and see what that's all about. There's some big names out there that will probably do that. Absolutely. That's, I mean, it's amazing, amazing, great point. I mean, they, these are name brand teams that you need. Pitt needs all the help they can get for a national stage if they want to take that next step into getting all of these recruits and making sure the top, top tier ones don't leave the Whipple, meaning they don't leave this Pittsburgh area. They come and right down to the south side, and they stay there. They don't they don't go anywhere else up north or go visit Scott McKillop over in West Virginia or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, I'm serious though they they need the style points. They need people to say, "Oh, hey, did you?" Like I, I understand the ACC. These some of these teams are down, but just like you, Dorn, you said. A little while ago, it's still Clemson, it's still Virginia Tech, it's still Miami. They have the name brand that creates that aroma of style points that 
you're going to see on ESPN. You're going to see just because the name Clemson, Virginia Tech, Miami, like those are the name brands of the ACC conference that people always just know because they see it every single day when they're watching Sports Center, when they're watching or hearing the news in the car. They hear those those obviously those name brand teams and absolutely 100% must win for these recruits. If we're going to compete for that future, and I, I love the analogy of the construction world, it makes so much sense. You are college. You're not just preparing for the next game at hand. You're hundred percent preparing for the next four years of recruiting. I mean, that that's what literally Scott can attest for this. Cause he was on the staff. The, there, there are guys that are looking at juniors, like junior, you know, uh, I'm sorry, um, junior high, you know, middle school kids that are, that are trying to see who's going to be the next, you know, Kenny Pickett in the area. You know what I mean? They they want to find these guys, but they want to keep them here. They want and they want to bring them here. You you can't just rely on around this area, but when you're a name brand, you think when Alabama comes knocking on your door, here here's your here's your uh, your letter. They want you to come down. Uh, they're booking that flight ASAP. They're gone. They're not thinking about it. If Pitt is going to make that next step, they have to win this game. You know, guys, I, I, to, to wrap this all around and for the reason why, you know, I gave some situations of why Pitt needs to win this game. Um, Jerry, have you been able to talk to Kenny at all since you've been down there? Any Can week? pick it? Yeah. Yes. yeah yesterday. Yeah. He, he is very matter of fact. I mean, uh, he made the statement uh, to us uh, yesterday where he said that uh, we asked him about all the accolades he's getting in the midseason All-American teams. He says, no, disre- no disrespect to anybody. But that doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I'm, I'm just focused on this game. And he is singularly focused on figuring out how to beat Clemson. He doesn't want to talk about anything else. He doesn't want to talk about uh, all, all the, the bowl games they might get into, the, what, what happens in the standings if they win, what happens to the, uh, their reputation if, if they win. All he wants to talk about is sitting down with Mark Whipple and figuring out how to, how to, how to beat Clemson. And, they, he's, and he's been like that all season. And a lot of the players are like that. Have been like that all season. And you know, I agree with what Bill Bill just said. But they could lose this game and still end up ten and two. You know, what if they lose this game? They can still go to Charlotte for the championship game and be eleven and two, because maybe Clemson doesn't make it to the championship game this year. Maybe they they only have to beat Wake Forest in the championship game if they and end up ten and two. And then eleven and two that'll open some eyes too. Because they'll go to a good bowl game in that in, in that in that case, and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think the, you, you make a good point. The perception around the country and the perception of the recruits is what Matt was going to would have mattered to the future. Uh, but they can still have a very very good season and a very very significant season, even if they lose tomorrow, Saturday. I, I I always love using analogies, and sometimes I stay away from using analogies because I I use them a lot when I talk on the radio and stuff. So. Uh, I'm going to use another one right now. Uh, and to wrap this all up, you know, um, everybody likes playing pool every once in a while. And the object of the game is whenever you're, you're either stripes or you're solids, and it's to get the solids in. But at the end of the game, what is the object to, to win the game 
of the game of pool. It's to get that eight ball in. And that eight ball is Kenny Pickett. And if Kenny Pickett goes out there and plays well against this Clemson defense and beats this Clemson, Clemson team, personally, he will be regarded and solidified as a legit candidate for the Heisman Trophy. He'd be the favorite. If, if he yes. hits the 300 yards and they win the game, he'll be the favorite, you know, Saturday night. He's, he's, he's absolutely a, a legit contender as we speak. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this he does that. Doran, we're, we're talking we're – talking, uh, you're getting the style points. You're getting the notoriety. This is what it brings. You just win, baby. The individual stuff is coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's just take care of the, and it doesn't necessarily have to be blow out by, Mm-mm. I mean, you saw what a game winning field goal can do against Clemson in 2016. I mean, my goodness to make us six and one, let's go. You, you know what I mean? Like this, this is huge. So uh, yeah. Amazing. This is, a be- this is a better pit team than the 2016 team. Absolutely. I, I mean, we're defense, guys, we're especially. We're talking about the n- number one scoring averaging offense in the country. Like that's 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 our team. <laughs> like that's amazing stuff. So I I mean I'm obviously I'm biased. I'm on the offensive side of the ball. I'm always gonna be on that side of the ball, but I just don't see Pitt's offense or um Clemson's offense being able to just to put up enough points if there is a shootout. Because if you have a shootout with Kenny Pickett and, and and committee, you know, I mean, you you know that they can put up points. It, it's not going to be a shootout. I I, I I'm sorry, Bill. I, it's yeah, definitely. And it's there's there's no way it's going to be a shootout. Clemson defense is 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 real. And and Pitt, I, I I'm I'm all on Pitt's board. Pitt's Kenny's going to do well, but I I don't see it being a shootout. I'm saying if if it were to be. There, there's no way that Clemson could put up the numbers to do that. Good point. Agreed. So for all you listeners out there um, that are maybe skeptic about this game or, you know, if Pitt loses this game, oh, well, there's actually a lot riding on this game in my eyes. Uh, this is a must win for many, many reasons for the university, for the brand, for Pat Narduzzi, for Kenny Pickett, for the team, for, for former player. I mean, there's – there's a lot riding on this game. This is a legit. This will this will solidify a lot of things. I think in in the eyes of uh, people, if you win this game. All right, guys, real quick around the horn. Um, score prediction for the game. I, I'll go first. I'm gonna say Pitt edges Clemson out. They're gonna win 24 to 21. They're gonna win by three, and they are going to push. Bill. Doran, you must have been copying me. You must have stole my notes back in back in the South Side when we were living together. Oh, because I had I I have it I have it twenty four twenty one. Pitt gets that that last. I, I'm calling it the fourth quarter. Kenny brings them all the way down. Storybook ending type of thing. Let let me be a little romantic here. The the stage is set, guys. Heinz Field is going to be. It's it's gonna be awesome. I can't freaking wait. I, I want to smell the grass. I want to feel it. I I, I want to be on the sidelines. I might even eat the grass too. I'm I'm just I can't wait. But I, I'm looking for that storybook type of Kenny Pickett bringing it down and 
solidifies his his uh, candidacy for Heisman and that on that last drive for a game winning field goal. Jerry, let's go. How about if I go last? All right, Scott. Oh boy. Twenty <laughs> uh, 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 to to, and I I did it before twenty seventeen Clemson. Twenty four seventeen Clemson. Okay. No no, no twenty twenty seventeen twenty seventeen okay. Clemson. Clemson is going to return the favor and they're going to win on the last second field goal. All right, Jerry. I wanted to go last because I thought maybe Scott would pick 24-21 also. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to pick 24-21, and God help me, I'm going to pick Clemson to win. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, man. I, I hope. Yes, you know, Jerry. I, 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 yes, I like, yes. I, I like those kids on that team. You know, They're working their asses off, and they're, they're playing well, and they're all good kids. Uh, but I don't know. Clemson is Clemson, even, even with the, the problems they're having. And, uh, I, and I, you know, I, I think I, I just I, heard Narduzzi tweet something <laughs> saying he's he's already mad at you, Jerry. Let's be honest. Narduzzi doesn't tweet anything. He has his assistant tweet. <laughs> very, very true. But very hey, true. hey, not only I would honestly take, you know, uh, last time I checked, it was Clemson was plus 155 money line. I'd probably take that, too, as well. Oh, Clemson's getting points. I mean, Pitt's in the same position that Clemson was in because they're, they're the target now. They're the hunted one. Uh, and, and Clemson is the hunter. And when you have a team like Clemson become the hunter, I think that makes them doubly dangerous. That's that's what I believe. And I, and I, I could be wrong, and I'm, I'm wrong in a lot of things. I mean, Kenny, you know, Kenny could pick and pull this game out with his arm, with his legs. Uh, but Clemson is Clemson with all those athletes on both sides of the ball in key positions. And skill positions. That's why I'm thinking comes in by three. Well, we all have it close. I mean, you heard my 24-21 pit. Bill, 24-21 pit. Uh, Scott, 2017 Clemson. And Jerry, 24-21 Clemson. Thanks, Scott. I'm uh, the only one. <laughs> Before we wrap up the show, I want to give a quick shout-out, and an ironic shout-out to Chris Blewett, who made the game-winning field goal. Uh, to beat Clemson in 2016. He just got signed to the active roster for the Washington football team. Uh, so he will be starting this coming weekend for the Washington football team. Also, Ryan Winslow got signed to the active roster, and our pal Jimmy Morrissey got signed to the active roster. Some pit players getting their opportunities at the next level in the NFL. So shout out to those guys. For myself, Bill, Jerry, and Scott, we hope you enjoyed the show. Pitt versus Clemson this Saturday at Hinesfield, 3.30. <laughs>